Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. Uh, appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99Chart. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. And as we move through the summer, it's essential that you maintain your portfolio focus. I realize we're all on vacation. I took some time off last week, as you probably noticed. But we still have to. I looked at my portfolio every day. Then, you know, it doesn't change. You know, these days with uh, laptops and cell phones, you can keep track of anything at all times. So keep your focus. The market's going to be volatile. As it has been, it's going to continue to be volatile. So expect it. So on today's program and on podcast, we operate with the same mission statement we have every day, independent thinking and shared success. And this is your assurance that our market reporting, our statistical analysis, our educational segments, and the commentary on the stocks that you want me to take a look at is done with unbiased Clear thinking. No, I don't try to persuade you one way or another because I don't like a stock. I just do the facts. And I'll tell you, based on the facts, what my opinion is. So that's what we do here on Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to contact me with your financial financial investment questions. And when you do, you get to drive the show in any direction you want. As long as it's financial, everything's fine with me. So, in fact, you can call and interact with us right now. We're live 4 to 5, Monday through Friday, Pacific time. 4 to 5, Monday through Friday. Or you can leave a question anytime you want on our Invest Talk voice bank. The number never changes. It's always the same. 888-99-CHART. Okay? So, let's go right to the first listener call. Hi. Thank you for taking my question. It's about Tiva, T-E-V-A. If you own it, will you keep it, hold it, or will you sell? Do you see any value in it long term? Thank you. Well, I got frustrated with it myself a few weeks ago and said, okay, it's just not it's just not doing what it, I think it should be doing. Um, it's going to make $2.78 next year. They've always made money. Uh, but it's, and it's a $9.11 stock, so it's not expensive, you know, so it's just not cheap. I gave up. I gave up because the debt's still fairly high, even though they're trying to been working on it to try to get it down. But the sales are still flat to shrinking, and I just can't tolerate that anymore on this stock. So I think I would pro- I gave up on it a few weeks ago. So I probably leave. I'm not happy with it. I mean, Tiva is an Israel developer of generic specialty and over-the-counter drugs. Um, it is. It's a ten billion dollar company. It's not small. It's a worldwide company. 
Uh, it's got some positive return on equity, 24%. That's very high. Cash flow is very good at $3.07. But it, just the stock itself, you know, is just can't is not moving. And it hasn't for a long time. So I, I'm, I'm giving up on it. I gave up on it a few weeks ago. Okay, my focus point today concerns a story. Uh, what you should know about the largest group of home buyers in the United States. Do you know who they are? It's the millennials. The millennial home buyer has finally came to market during COVID. But we'll talk about that a little bit. My trivia question will focus on the power of saving, a staying invested, staying. When it is when it's mixed with a bit of luck, you'd be surprised. Now my trivia question is coming up at the halfway mark. Other topics we might want to get to, if I can, before the end of the show. I'd like to talk about the CPI and the core CPI number, Consumer Price Index, the inflation number that came out today. Cryptocurrencies. I want to talk about the flow, crypto trading flow, volume. I think that's kind of something we need to talk about. Supply chain disruptions, and particular uh, ships, and the disruption caused by COVID. You think it's over for them? Ew, it's not. So we're going to talk. Those are things I want to talk to. If, we, if I want to discuss, if we can get to it. The market today was not very good. The Dow was down 107, the Nasdaq down 56, and the S&P down 15. It was up nicely yesterday, so, you know, gave back some of it today. You know, we're seeing just volatility. And I think you can blame the CPI numbers on the market today. I think that's where you can place the blame, uh, why it was down. Okay, we are headed into a quick break. Matt from Baltimore, hang on, you'll be next. For everyone else, the InvestTalk phone lines are open and waiting for your question. So you can call 888-99-CHART. As we move through summer, you'll want and need unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. You've come to the right place. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Matt in Baltimore. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank and you. Thanks for all you do for us investors throughout the podcast and radio show. Thank you. Appreciate that. Go ahead. So I was, I was calling about Berkshire Hathaway. I actually uh-huh. bought it last year. Um, well, you made you. a comment well. about it, actually, which uh, got me to make my initial purchase around 180 And now my portfolio is basically almost doubled, and I'd like to increase my position to about 5% and hold it for, now I'm 34 or so, next 20 years or so, hopefully. Okay, so you think you, uh, you, think you want to increase your, your participation in Berkshire Hathaway stock? Yes, sir. Okay, and the Berkshire Hathaway for everybody, the symbol is BRKB. B is the B shares, not the A shares. And they're selling for $279 per share. They're engaged in insurance, food service operations, energy businesses, manufacturing, flooring, financial, apparel. Because Berkshire Hathaway, even though it's, even though it's an individual stock, it owns a bunch of other companies. Okay? It's so it's almost like, yeah, 
it's almost like a mini mutual fund with the different stock, different firms that it owns. Okay, um, so they always they have been increasing their sales. They're going to be at twelve dollars and thirteen cents next year, and now it's a two hundred seventy nine dollars stock. If you bought it a year ago, would you say you bought bought it about one eighty two hundred dollars somewhere in there? Around one eighty. Okay, one eighty. So you have a really good profit, and congratulations. Now I think I would be careful because they're only going to make twelve dollars and twelve dollars thirteen cents next year. And a 20 PE will give you $240, and it's 279 So it's about, you know, a 27, 28 PE. Uh, and that's near the high of its range. So if you're going to buy it, I'd probably wait for a pullback if you need to buy more. Remember, you don't you don't want to buy more than about 5% of your portfolio. So whatever, I don't know how, much, how big your portfolio is, but you want to make sure you spread out. Berkshire Hathaway is a slow grower because it's a value company. They like to buy value stocks, value companies. But the Berkshire Hathaway stock itself is expensive. So just realize that. Um, I would, if, if you get a pullback, I think the pullback area that I would be a buyer of is maybe around about 265 to 270. If you can get it down there, I think that would be a good buy. Okay. Appreciate the call. Thank you, Mark, Matt. Let's go to Corey in Ohio. Let's talk about BTI. Corey. Hey, Steve. How are you doing? Good. So I've got, uh, I own a a decent amount of BTI in my taxable account and my dividend growth portfolio. Okay. And I really like the company. I think uh, it's got a super high gross margin percentage at 84%. Return on equity is is not as high as I would like, but at 10%, I still think it's pretty good. Yep. Uh, and I think the dividend security is is very high. I yes. just wanted to get your thoughts on on the company and just overall on, um, you know, anything I should be concerned about, I guess, uh, maybe why I shouldn't own it other than the fact that it's a tobacco stock. Yeah, that's probably the only negative that you can find on this stock because BTI is British American Tobacco, a United Kingdom-based manufacturer of tobacco products sold under more than 200 brands worldwide. We own this stock also in some of our managed accounts. So we like it. That dividend is very attractive at 7.7%. I mean, if I just got the dividend, the stock never moved, I'd be content. I would be content. How much money can you make? Uh, This is a... $87 $87 billion company. It's not going anywhere. So how much money can you make on money? Virtually nothing. So you can buy this stock and at least get 7.7% with a pretty solid company that doesn't really fluctuate too much. You know, the high it's made in the last, you know, in 2017 was $73 a share. Okay, so there's your upper range on this stock. The low the low is um, $27, and that was last year, and it's at 38 now. I, I, I like a lot of things about it. Not too much debt, a good cash flow, decent, as you pointed out, decent return equity. There's not much growth, 2% maybe in sales, but I, I don't care. I, I, that dividend is really strong. Eventually, this stock will float back up probably into the $60 area. So then you'll have great... While you're waiting for that to happen, let's say it takes two, three years, two, three years, what would be your all, all total return? Huge. Or just sitting on a boring stock. So I, I like it. I, I like the purchase. So keep it, Corey. 
Appreciate the call. Thank you. My focus point today concerns the story behind the headline, what you should know about the largest group of home buyers in the U.S. Now, according to a new millennial home buying report, nearly one-third of respondents said COVID-19 pushed them to begin house hunting earlier than they planned. So you want to talk about that? Let's talk about that. I, I think the millennials have been been behind. Um, when you compare them with previous generations of people, they have been slow. Why? Probably the one of the main reasons is because the, the debt that they took on in school and student loans. I mean, I think that's a major reason why they were hesitant about buying a house and starting a family because they also were slow in starting families. But they're going to catch up, and it looks like COVID pushed them to buy the house. And you got very low interest rates, and those millennials have pushed up prices of houses pretty high. But they're still buying. They're still buying. So, And they're a very large chunk of population moving through the city. So uh, I don't think I'm moving through the system. I'm sorry. I don't think that's going to stop. I don't. So the report is, um, according to Clear Real Estate 2021 Millennia Home Buyer Report, if you want to read the whole thing, that's where you go look at it, okay? Um, you know, remote working, lockdowns, very low interest rates, so it caused the millennials to reassess their priorities, and one of their priorities was, hey, I think I want to be a homeowner. Many, many of them want to work from home. I got employees that are millennials wanting to work from home. And they, they they do work from home part of the week. And this is very attractive to them. So their home now becomes something they're really interested in, in buying. I don't think that's going to change. I really don't. We're going to see that as a persistent, I don't know, persistent policy going forward. What will hurt it is if mortgage rates start to creep up, I don't think if it's a creeping up, it will hurt that bu- the home buyers. I think if it shoots up, if the Fed decides a year from now, well, we're going to increase rates dramatically, then then that will crush the real estate market. But slowly climbing with the low interest rates, uh, you know, the the thing that has kind of retarded the housing housing market in recent weeks has been price, cost of the home, the price has slowed down buyers. I think we've seen the peak. Now, the statistics don't show that, but I think we have. Okay? This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley, and maybe uh, maybe the, we'll get some more evidence in the next month or two. We'll see if I'm right. So why are we here today? Why am I doing this podcast? Well, first of all, I like doing it. It's kind of fun. And um, I want to provide strategies and help you people survive the market. Give me a call. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99 Chart. 888 992 4278. We're going to talk to John in Santa Cruz. John. How are you, Steve? I'm good. Thanks for the call. I was up in your area a couple weeks ago. Oh, well, I'd love to have seen you. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, well, next time, maybe. You want to talk about uh, MPLX? Yes, uh, I know it issues a K-1, so I've been hesitant to get uh, any uh, MLPs, but uh, the dividend looks good in it. When I look at a chart, it looks like it's been increasing its dividend steadily for the past eight years. So I wonder what you think. I kind of, I kind of like it. Um, the only, the only thing that's holding me back is the same thing that's holding you back. Is it's a master, it's a limited partnership which owns and operates, develops, and acquires midstream energy infrastructure assets. Now, when I say that, everybody, when I say limited partnership, and John knows, uh, when I'm, he, it's you're going to get a K one, meaning you're a partner. So you get the K-1, which you have to pay taxes, even if it's in your IRA or whatever. You are buying, you're buying a partnership. So you have to pay taxes on your dividend. Okay, Now, they pay a 9.6% dividend, and it looks like they're going to be able to maintain that if they want to. They're going to make $2.89 next year. It's a $28 stock. So they might be able to maintain that. It looks like they could to me. Um What's interesting is their cash flow is only $0.69 cents a share. I'm not sure why that's so. Um, when you buy these kinds of things, uh, you have to deal with some volatility in earnings. Um, for instance, in 2015, they made $1.22. The next year, they made a penny per share. Then 2017, they made $1.06. 2018, $2.29. And then in 2019, they made $1.00. Uh, 2020, they lost 80 cents. So, you know, it's erratic. That's one of the things about these. Some years they have really good years. But I, I don't know how they're going to maintain that dividend unless they can get keep maintain growth. You know, and that's what they have to do. And it's it's a cyclical kind of business. So it's tough. But I think it's a pretty good value right now. And I think uh, the dividend's pretty secure. John, appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to Saeed and Oak. Oh, uh, Saeed left. Uh, okay, Saeed, call back. Okay, uh, quick talking point here. Uh, the PPI, the CPI came out. PPI comes out tomorrow. CPI is Consumer Price Index. PPI, Producer Price Index. So at the retail level where you and I buy stuff, month over month it went up from 0.6% increase to 0.9% increase. They expected it to fall to 0.5, and it didn't. And if you take out um, some of the, uh, you know, go to core, the core P- CPI, things that we have to buy, it was up 9 tenths of 1% also. So the Federal Reserve has said we don't need to worry about inflation. That's what the Federal Reserve has said. Just said it this morning. One of the Federal Reserve presidents said it this morning. They're thinking it's temporary, this spike. Well, it's been spiking for several months now. How much, how temporary is temporary? I mean, our, if you do 12 months over the last year over year, 12 months, we're at a 5 point, I think it was 5.6% inflation rate. A year ago, I would have been talking about it and said it was 2, 2.2, 2.3. Our long-term average for the United States is 3.3% inflation. And right now, 12 months, rolling 12 months, is 5.6 up from 5. Pretty high compared to last couple of decades. Pretty high. So it's kind of a concern. I think it's a concern. 
but it's not yet for the Federal Reserve. I guess we should bless, keep, count our blessing because when it becomes a concern for the Federal Reserve, they're going to raise interest rates. They won't start with raising interest rates. They'll start by cutting back uh, their bond buying efforts to tighten the money supply. That's how they'll start. Okay. Um, okay. Do we have time to go to Rick, Ricardo? Oh, Saeed's back. How you doing, Saeed? Hey, hi, how you doing? Thank you very much for asking. Uh, I'm looking at the DD. Yes. Uh, like the first comment uh, on the market was like 18% down. Now it's going up again. What, what do you think? Okay, DD, uh, DD Global Inc. It's a company out of China, a China-based company offering mobility technology to improve auto, auto solutions, electric mobility, and autonomous driving. I don't like it because it doesn't make money. It's never made money. It's a brand new IPO. And, you know, IPOs, brand new, uh, you know, they generally are very volatile. So um, it's not going to make money. Uh, is the sales growth justifying it? Yes. The sales growth went from, the, yeah, 123% in the most recent quarter. But it's not a $60 billion company. And that's what... You know, $12.43 stock. It's just way, way overpriced and way too risky. Thanks for the call. From time to time, it can be fun to fantasize about how well you might be doing today if you had made some home run stock picks years ago and stayed invested. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. What would $1,000 invested in certain stocks 10 years ago be worth today? I'm going to show you the power of staying with the market. After break, I will supply the answer. For now, my phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI 
and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, where InvestTalk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. 888-99 chart, 888-992-4278. So after the trivia answer, I'm going to take a live question from Ricardo and Lidwood. So hang on, Ricardo. You're up right after this answer. Okay, before the break, I gave you a trivia question. What would $1,000 invested in a few companies that I picked uh, be, uh, be 10 years ago? Okay, uh, if you bought them 10 years ago with $1,000, what would they be worth today? Okay, so... A decade ago, the global economy was in recovery, and the stage was being set for one of the longer, longest continuous stretches of economic growth in American history. Then in early 2020, that all came to a screeching halt because of coronavirus. We all know that. Okay, so let's get a better look at some of the growth stocks. Trex Company. Trex, have you ever heard of Trex? Well, it's an $11 billion company, manufactures wood alternative, kind of a boring company. Nothing exciting except that its sales growth were strong, earnings are strong, but a kind of a boring company. Okay, well, back in January 25th, 2011, it was $3.01 a share. Now it's $100.17 today. So that's about a 41% compound growth rate. So $1,000, if you invested them, would be about $32,000, $33,000 today. Okay, how about something more well-known? Domino's, pizza. January 25th, 2011, $14 stock. Share price, January 25th, 2021, $378. Compound annual growth rate, 38.76%. 
So $1,000 back then would be worth $26,467 today. How about Netflix? Do you think Domino's did better than Netflix or Netflix did better than Domino's over that same period? Domino's did better. Share price for Netflix was $26.68 in January 25th, 2011. 2021, $556. That's a 35% compound growth rate. So $1,000 would have been worth $20,868 today. Remember, Domino's was $26,467. So you do not have to buy the huge tech glory stocks to make great returns. You don't. You can buy boring stocks. You can buy unknown stocks. They just have to have the sales and and earnings growth. Stability. The constant, be able to be constant about it. Stocks will go up. I've always said, stocks go up when earnings go up. They just don't go up necessarily at the exact time that the earnings go up. It probably is forward-looking, so the stocks will go up before the earnings. But long-term... Just stay the course. Ricardo Linwood, thank you for waiting. I thank you for holding, Ricardo. Hello. Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call, and welcome back. Thank you. Can you hear me? Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I have a question about the volume of VERB, Victor, Edward, Robert, and B as in boy. Okay. The stock has a float of $54 million. But about 50 to 90 million shares get traded uh, every day. How is that possible? Okay, let's say uh, okay. There's let's say there's four. Fifth, let's just round it off. Let's say there's 50 million shares, and they do 50 million trades. Well, one share could be traded three, four times in one day, couldn't it? I say I buy it, I could sell it, and you could buy it, and then you could sell that same share. So it's because you could you can have a lot more volume based on trading. Okay, it's only that there's only so many stocks, but they can change hands as often as they want to in a day. So that's how that can so happen. Basically, day traders do probably are doing this. Probably yes. People speculating, yes. Especially if it's a high speculative company, they don't make money. You know, yeah, yeah. That's how that can happen. Okay, right, does that make sense? So Thank you for the call. Thank you for the question. Yeah, sometimes on the surface it doesn't look like it makes sense. But remember, you know, big blocks could be traded, bought and sold in one day. I mean, people on Wall Street, they'll they'll take, you know, they'll buy a million, two million, five million shares, trade it and sell it 10 minutes later for three cents more. There's a lot of that going on. Okay, let's keep things moving and go back to the InvestTalk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from a listener in New Jersey at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin and Steve. This is Jonathan from New Jersey. Uh, love the program. Wanted to see uh, what your take was on Energizer Holdings, symbol ENR. Um, it seems to have undergone a little sell-off in the past two months and is finding some support in that $42 range. I uh, wanted to see what you thought about the, the company overall and if this was a good entry point. Thanks. Okay, this is Energize Holdings, which, of course, you know is the Energize Bunny, right? Um, they make batteries, manufacturers, uh, household and specialty batteries and portable lighting products and stuff like that. $2.8 billion company. They've made money. They've made money every year. They're very steady. 
Sales growth this year is uh, earnings growth this year is up fifty percent. Uh, next year it'll be up another nine percent to three dollars and seventy eight cents, and it's a forty one dollars sixty six cents stock. So that means the PE is what twelve thirteen, based on next year's earnings. Okay, so what's the range? Ten to twenty three is the PE range for the last five years. Return on equity is very high at forty one percent. Cash flow is four dollars and twenty one cents. These are all very strong numbers. Sales growth, even during the pandemic, growth in sales still continued. It was smaller, 5 to 6% in that three-quarter period. But the most recent quarter is up 17%. Quarter before that, 16%. I think it's pretty darn cheap at $41.66. And the buy point, I think, it has, it has strong support in the low 40s here. Okay, it can get as low as about thirty-eight fifty, but strong support at forty-one, forty, forty-one dollars. So I, I really think this is a pretty good buy point. You might want to wait to see some strength come into the stock before you buy it, because it's still kind of t- trickling down. I want to wait to see it trickle up, then I'd be a buy. Okay, energy hold E N R is a symbol, energizing energizer holdings. Okay. Let's make it a triple play. Three questions and answers in a row here on Invest Talk. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Josh from Florida. My girlfriend just took a new job and she no longer has a 401k or any matching through her new position. She already maxes out Roth IRA individually, but I guess my question is what would be her next step um, to continue to save for retirement? If that would just be through an individual brokerage account or Something like that. Um, I appreciate any advice you have on the matter. I appreciate it. Thanks. Well, of course, it depends how much money she makes. If she can max out, I, I would look into doing a regular IRA in addition to the Roth. That's what I would do. If you, if if that's not possible because you're maxing out the Roth, I just don't remember the law whether you can max out the Roth IRA and still contribute to the regular IRA. Um, and I know that there's limitations on income. If you make too much money, you can't do it. If you can't, if that's the only option as far as a, uh, uh, if you don't have a 401k, you don't have a lot of options unless you're self-employed to try to save more money for retirement. Then you're you're subject to just open up an individual account, and that's after-tax money. That's what you have to do. Okay, well, good luck. And she can roll that, you know, old 401k, she can roll that into an IRA, you know. She can't do that. And that's what I probably would suggest, that you can buy whatever you want. You're not stuck buying mediocre mutual funds in the old 401k. Okay? Okay, well, the 4th of July has come and gone, right? Unfortunately, I really enjoyed that holiday. So, to me, 2021 sure feels like it's moving pretty fast. That is one reason why I think it's smart to slow down and reflect on where we are halfway through the year, a little over halfway through the year. So almost every podcast, I like to reserve a minute or two to talk about, you know, KPP Financial, what our client services are, what we do. We're located in California, in Orange County, Southern Orange County, Irvine, California. Uh, And the main thing I want you to take away is Justin and I put our money where our mouth is. We practice parallel investing. Okay, we have a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, but we practice parallel investing, meaning we buy the same things for ourselves as we do for our clients. 
We buy the same stocks, same price, same percentage. So that, you know, we're both on the same side of the table. That's important. Okay, and we have five uh, five investment strategies we implement from very conservative to very risky. And it's, well, I'm going to say very risky to risky because we don't do leverage. We don't borrow money. We don't buy, we don't do any margin. We don't do that stuff. Um, we don't buy leverage funds, ETFs, or anything like that. But we do buy stocks. So you have to call it risky. When you buy stocks, you have to be, you have, no matter what you say, no matter if you buy conservative stocks, value stocks, it's still a risky thing to be in the stock market. So we'll take a look at your portfolio if you want. We'll give you our free advice. There's never any cost or obligation. And um, if you wish us to manage your money, we'd love to do that. But, you know, we don't. I don't want you to feel that you, you, you can't talk to us without us managing money. We can. We'll talk to you. We want to talk to you. We'll help you. Well, give me a call. 888-99-CHARTER is our number. You can send go to investtalk.com, click on Contact Us. That's an email that comes directly to us. You can go to our contact numbers. We're all kinds of places on our website to contact us. Okay? Next up, another unbiased answer to an Invest Talk and listener question. We will play the question about precious metals in 40 seconds. If you enjoyed listening to Invest Talk, you can help support our programming by giving us your vote of confidence, a five star rating. When you review and rate Invest Talk with five stars, you raise our profile and help others discover the free Invest Talk podcasts. And we thank you by moving your questions to the top of the list queue. Just include a brief question with your five-star comments. So download, review, rate, and don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, my question is about precious metals. I've heard on the podcast talking about possibly like gold mining stocks as possible good places to put some money. My question is about physical precious metal, silver, gold. Should that be a part of someone's portfolio? And if so, how much would you say 5% of that? That seems to be a number that I've heard around. But again, I love your podcast and look forward to hearing your answer on the podcast. Now, if you're going to buy physical gold or silver, you, you can do it with an ETF. GLD is for gold. SLV is silver which tracks the price of gold and silver, those two ETFs. If you're talking about buying it and holding it in your hand, having possession of gold and silver, that's not a good way to invest in gold and silver. Why? Because there's a hefty commission to buy it and a hefty commission to sell it. So you're, you're getting charged twice, and I just don't think that's a good way to do it. Now, if you like the gold look of gold or silver and you want to hold on to it, it's kind of like a, a thing to hold on for. Too, because you like the look of it, then then you, then you do it. You buy it, hold it, put it in your wherever it's safe. You're going to put it wherever you want to. Just leave it alone. Um, inflation. I just mentioned at the top of the show how high its inflation is, and with the inflation that high, usually supports gold and silver prices, precious metals prices. Now they haven't moved much this year. Gold and silver, um, from. Point A at the end of the year to today is probably down a little bit. Okay, so it hasn't really done well in recent time, but I think it will. So 
I think it's a good position, a good position. Uh, 5% is plenty. Uh, it's a good defensive position. Let's put it that way. Okay, so uh, as a defensive position, I kind of like it. Because I think it has potential. Okay? Thank you for the question. Appreciate it. Cryptocurrency, crypto trading volume is at a nine-month low. Bitcoin fluctuating to a trading in a trading band. Last week, outflow. Outflow was 6.9 million versus 38 million inflow the week before. Now, why? What's happening to Bit? Is there anything going on? Yeah. What, what's going on is regulation around the world. Okay. The, that, the Bitcoins and the cryptocurrencies are being regulated to, and they're going to just continue. The, for instance, uh, United K banned using Bitcoin to buy things by the retail person, you, me, and everything. You, me, and everybody else. Banned it to buy things, the retail purchase. So I think that's just going to be more and more of that kind of thing. And therefore, it's going to, well, one thing to do is to calm the high volatility down, okay? Um, the other thing is it'll be less exciting, less fewer speculators. And I think that's what's going to just, I think we're just going to get used to it. It's going to be. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. That's a hard. That's a hard goal. I don't. It's not. It's not impossible. The hardness is for you to maintain your savings rate and invest that money and leave it invested, maintain it. People constantly over time. Oh, I need it because an emergency came up. No, don't touch your retirement account. No, you want to talk about it? I'll be happy to. So give me a question. 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey there, this is Noah in Orlando. I'm calling to get your guys' opinion on NHI. I'm looking to increase the amount of dividend stocks I have in my portfolio and wanted to get your guys' opinion on the long-term projections of their dividends. It looks like their payout ratio is a little high right now, but just wanted to get your take. I'll look forward to hearing your answer on the podcast. Thanks. Okay, NHI is National Health Investor. It's a $66 stock. It's out of Freesboro, Tennessee. Self-managed REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, that acquires lease, mortgage, living facilities, hospitals, and medical office buildings. Okay, so it's a REIT. That means its earnings, 90% of its earnings paid out in a dividend. That's how they qualify for being a REIT. Have to be in the mortgage business somehow, the property business somehow, mortgage or property related business, and they have to pay ninety percent out. And what that does is means that they don't have to pay corporate income tax. The dividends going to you, you have to pay tax on the money you receive. They pay a five point four percent dividend, and so they're going to make five dollars and twenty three cents next year. 
Uh, and let's see, 523, $66 stock. Yep, they should be able to easily maintain that dividend. Uh, the P.E. ratio right now is 13. Uh, and I think that's about 12 for next year, maybe. And it's in the middle of the range. Uh, return on equity is pretty good at 12%. Cash flow is strong. They have debt, but not a lot of debt. The thing I don't like, I wonder why the last two quarters sales have fallen 1% and 3%. When all the quarters before that, they were growing between 3 and 11%. Not sure why that's so. So I would be curious. I'd look in deeper. Is it a good stock? Yes. Is it a de- will it maintain its dividend? It has, and it probably will continue. You're not going to get a huge uh, appreciation in the price. That's not going to happen. It may go up back up to $75, but I wouldn't think it would go higher than that. Okay? NHI. NHI. Okay, the supply chain across the world is still has disruptions. And the newest disruption that I see more and more uh, worry about is sailors and COVID. For instance, uh, in May... There were, the Delta variant came out and infected a crew of Filipino on a ship docking in Malaysia, and, the, and then it affected the dock workers. So it shut down shipping. Also, the same thing happened in the busiest port in the world, one of the busiest ports in the world, and that was in Shenzhen, China. Okay, they had, a, 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 they had an outbreak. They shut down... For, for weeks, the port. So they're thinking, because the crew members don't get off the ships, they go from ship to ship, and they're out to sea for a long, and if they get it, they pass it along to wherever they stop. And they, don't have, they haven't gotten the vaccines to them yet. So you're having disruption in the supply chain. Demand for the products are pretty high, but shipping is backed up. Have you seen, uh, for those people on the West Coast, have you seen all the tanker ships on the lo- off the Long Beach shore can't get in to unload? They're backed up, I don't know how many, 20? Backed up. Container ships. Can't drop off. And I have a personal story here. I wanted to buy a new bicycle. Bicycle. You know, riding a bicycle. I ride bikes. And uh, the, the, the guy, the company called Buy My Bikes, said they can't get new bikes. They're not getting shipments in. They're trickling in. They, they got all kinds of bikes on, that they've ordered, but they're off the shore of Long Beach and can't get them to shore. So we're still having supply chain disruptions going. And remember, COVID, COVID here in the United States is pretty much under control, but there's many places around the world it's not yet. It's just not. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast download. So go and get your InvestTalk downloads from iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and InvestTalk.com. And we really would like you to rate us. That helps us spread the word. You can browse by topic. I've been mentioning that for some time, so that's a really good benefit for you if you were looking for something specific. Independent thinking, shared success. This is the best talk. Good night, everybody.
Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 